hand gestures today are all over the map, but they're ending with snicked. Guess what, Isaac? These are my three. See my three? Yep. My three and three. We're talking about Wolverine. It's Key Issue, the definitive podcast. I'm Randall Lobb. I'm Isaac Elliott Fisher. <laughs> Can you say it the old-fashioned way, like the GGN way? Isaac Elliott Fisher. So Recording for Kids World. <laughs> um, GGM. How long ago was Kids World, Isaac? Do you uh, have any 80s? Kids World? Was that like... It was a show. Was that like that... that that uh, I remember a kid's show that was like a kid's game show where kids sat in these plastic race cars and did trivia questions. That, and then at the end, no. the prize that they would win would to go into this toy room and they could go home with like as many toys as they want. That was like mm. a dream. I the answer is no. Show. Okay, totally different thing. Kids World was like kids news and it took place back in the old days. And the old days are important to us right now because we're talking about Wolverine and Wolverine showed up Many, many long years ago, something like 11 years before you were born. You know what? I'm, I'm curious, Rand. I'm curious. I, we all know that we kind of dabble in what people would call nostalgia, right? We're nostalgic. Nostalgia. So, so it's sort of a thing. So I know that we've had this conversation many times over the years. Yeah. Like the things that we do, the projects that we work on, a lot of them are to do with things we liked personally, right? So myself, I got a lot of nostalgic feelings. One might say I have a lot of feelings, even. Uh, yes, um, you do. That's right. true. So I'm going to ask you, Rand, do you have nostalgic feelings for Wolverine? I do. Nice. Guilty as charged. Nice. We have, um, we have now proven it on the air, everybody, that Randall Lobb is a real human being. It, it, it is common that when we are doing this program that I am referring to, sh to, um, uh, you know, material that I'm either newly collecting or thinking about collecting or playing around with. And Wolverine, I'm interested in for real from back in the day. Nice. Do Why you do you think, what do you think started me on my Wolverine lifestyle? Comics. He's Canadian. Though. Oh, right. Yes, right. Sorry. Comics. Uh, comics. It, yeah. <laughs> me, Wolverine is comics. Like if you said Wolverine from the 90s X-Men, I would say that wasn't really my thing. And you're and also you say, an adult by then, so... If you say Wolverine from the the movies, I would be like, yeah, I mean, it's an yeah. interpretation. It's an interpretation of the thing that you love. It's our Wolverine. It's yeah. not the Wolverine. That's right. I mean, so in which case, see, personally, growing up with the X Men that I was exposed to, which was primarily the the toys boom surrounding the um, '90s live, or sorry, the '90s cartoon show. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the show, if I don't remember correctly, I might be wrong here, but I don't remember personally the show really leaning into anything about him being a Canadian origin. So no. for you, were you aware of that right out of the gate, that, that he was a Canadian character? Uh, yes. My introduction to Wolverine was based around an older kid telling me there's a Canadian superhero aside from Captain Canuck because I had Captain Canuck. You know and what I want, though? I me? want... I want Nelvana of the North because she's the first female superhero predate Super or Wonder Woman. So. Yeah, from the old the what they call the Canadian uh, whites. Is that whites? The Canadian whites. That's right. The Canadian whites. Uh, we're a couple of Canadian whites, but we do not. We we talked about that with the Wonder Woman. We're tired of this this being the same people all the time. We want to branch out, just like Marvel wanted to do in 1974. We wanted to branch out. What they realized. Um, Roy Thomas, Roy the Boy Thomas, had this understanding that comic books were very, and they still are, so take this with a grain of salt, were very white, very male, very North American, very American. And they felt, in fact, if you look at Spider-Man, very New York a lot of the time. So Roy Thomas was working with Len Wein or Len Wein, however people say it, uh, and John Romita. And there's a little bit to the whole John Romita of it all. But basically, they were coming up with different kinds of heroes. And they were looking for, I would describe it as range. So I have some notes here. That's the year, 1974, the year that The Punisher came out in February. It's uh, Amazing Spider-Man 129. That's the year that Master of Kung Fu 17 came out. And Marvel Special Edition was the first Iron Fist. You had Deathlock. You had Fool Killer, 
which is an interesting Marvel character. Over at DC, Batman 258 was the first Arkham Asylum. You had Harvey Bullock, you had Omac, you had Sandman. And in France, Isaac, you had something called Metalurlon. What would that be? That's a great little uh, tidbit. That's um, the predecessor to heavy metal. Uh, That's right. National Lampoon came in in, I think, uh, 77, April 77, and basically just reprinted the French uh, comic magazine, Metal Hurlant, and uh, made it uh, heavy metal as we know it today. So there was a, a, a kind of an expansion happening in comics in 74. Actually, prior to 74. We know the Barbarian that we love came out in 70. But um, in pop culture, there were some interesting little tidbits that were being baked in. And one of those things is particularly relevant to Wolverine, and that is the anti-hero. And a movie came out in 1974 called Death Wish, and Death Wish had a vigilante. And, of course, you would say superheroes have always been vigilantes, but they were always vigilantes within a context of sort of justice, fighting crime, punching bad guys, and there was a very... Good, um, wholesome American white... Captain America, Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You punch Hitler in the jaw. You suck Hitler. Yeah. Whereas there would be a sense that maybe modern heroes in the 70s, after some tough years in Vietnam, America was getting into a darker mode, let's say it nicely. Mm-hmm. And so it was being reflected in the comics. And 1974, this comic came out. I love the sound effects that we have in the show. They're really, you know, they add a lot, you know? Oh, there we go. Look at that. There's Hulk 180. 180. And there's Hulk 182. And there it is. Hulk 181. 181. Now, let me turn them around. Get them right so, over. Come on now. These came out in 74. This is... Nick, do you want to go to the last page? Remember I gave you a little... Did I send you the little Wolverine last page, last frame? This or is, is going to be. This is going to really me? be telling, Rand. We're really going to look into how much money you've got sitting in front of you. In that it's table. really, it's intense right now. Intense. Let's talk about let's, it. Let's let's get into we'll it. We'll get there in a minute. All right. Uh, the final panel. Maybe I didn't send it to Nick. Maybe it's just scrolling on the TV behind me. I sent it to Mark. The final panel of this comic has Wolverine. But this is not considered the key issue. This is a cameo. Ah, it's I see. a key issue, but it's the cameo. Isaac, if I wanted to buy Wolverine's first appearance, and if I bought this one and it was from the final panel, what would this cost me? Oh, it's trending up. We're trending up at 0.4% currently in the green. Uh, Ungraded raw comic, $426. Graded average 8.5 is a $648 comic. But if you wanted to go and get yourself a really nice 9.8 back in April 30th of 2020, it only sold for a cool $10,200. I do not have one in that quality. What is your condition, Rand? Let's look at the let's look at the chart here. Um, Come on, you can condition. We all know that you're all about conditions, right? Great. You got a lot of conditions. I I <laughs> did not pay that much for this. No, I got this as part of a deal a few years ago in a in a little pile. So I mean, but even one, but even like a one point eight, like you're talking really bad condition. It's yeah. still a hundred and seventy dollar comp. And I bought this for a hundred. That's pretty good. Yeah, considering that looks a little bit better than a one point eight. I think um, I'm seeing it from here. If you wanted to get crazy, there was an ad. Now, I sent you the ad, Nick. Do you have the ad, the Wolverine ad that you can pull up? I think he'll be able to pull that up. There was in uh, three titles, Daredevil 115, Marvel Premier 19, and Thor 229. There were ads for Hulk 181. And it's a little half panel. It's a little ad. Maybe I didn't send it to Nick. Maybe we'll wow. add that We're later. All about this. But you can see, basically, there's an ad for Hulk 181. Right. You could buy those. Again, you don't have to write them down. Isaac, you don't have to search them. Daredevil 115, Marvel Premier 19, and Thor 229. There's a little half-page ad. But here it is. So Give you're, us saying, the overhead. Are you saying that those are, those are key issues because you, of the No, ad you could get them, and you would be getting a piece of Hulk 181, but you're not getting Hulk 181. Here Which it is. This is the key issue. This is actual Hulk 181. Okay. Um, I bought this. It's not in the best of shape, people who are looking at it, but it is probably one of my ultimate keys. Hulk 181 is the first full appearance of Wolverine cover and appearance. Remember, cameo is 180. 
Then, by the way, if you also have to go get 182, you'll say, is Wolverine in that too? He has appearance in the story, and then he is uh, taken away from the story. He, is, he gets a little action. But it's Hulk 181 that everybody wants. It's a comic that is always... I mean, it's every, you want if you have it, you want a better version of it. You can't afford it because Isaac talk about Hulk 181. Everybody knows. Everybody watching this knows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Raw comic value over a thousand bucks. Graded comic at an eight, uh, eight or above is the thirty-two hundred dollar comic. But your record thirty-two high, what? Thirty-two hundred. Thirty-two. Thirty-three. Thirty-two seventy-five for a graded a graded eight. But thirty-two thousand. No, thirty-two hundred uh, at an average graded. Eight. Oh, I'm see. Sorry, I see what you're I'm saying. I'm saying highest known value at a nine point eight sold back in November 2018 was a thirty eight thousand four hundred dollar comic. So I have probably uh, four and a half, five. Four and a half, like five. That. Okay, I'm not good at that game. Four and a half. I know you're horrible at this game, but we like to guess anyway. Yeah, you're looking at between twenty six and twenty seven hundred American. And I did not pay anything like that for it because I got it a few years back when you I lucked out. And it's it was still key. trending up. It's still on. It's all. It's it. You have to have it. Yeah. I, I mean. I mean. You look. That that cover is like one of those covers that is in everything. Like you can go buy Isaac. Yeah. You can go buy the repro. There are very. There are very many repros. That's good. That's good grammar, guys. And that makes you many, feel many, good because many. you still have a piece of it. You have. Yep. You have a nice, nice, fresh new version. Yeah, and they're on average uh, raw estimated between anywhere between like five bucks and seventy bucks mm-hmm. for like a for like a reprint. So that's not too bad. What I would. I mean, see- I wouldn't get that that the the recover. The 2001, that's, 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 that doesn't look cool. What if you see a nice 182? Like, my 182 is pretty nice. Yeah, 182 is, uh, well, it's a raw comic at 67 bucks. Uh, middle grade is like 137. The highest known is like a $2,750 comic. And I paid 60. That's pretty good. 60 yeah. bucks, yeah. You're, and if it's a good quality one, that's pretty good. That's a good deal. Yeah. Notice how you didn't ask me what I paid for my 181. I never asked. Well, we will I, not I, discuss, I, but I certainly did not pay $1,000 for it. Well, but, you got but I deal. would have. Yeah, yeah. There's, because there's, it's not going down. They're not making more. Wait a minute. Well, you just said that they were. Yeah. They, well, not in. They weren't. They're not making any more in 1970. Whatever. Four. <laughs> Seventy-four. So, what is the cool thing about Wolverine? Well, we know that Wolverine. We talked a little bit about this before. Uh, Wolverine was created by Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and John Romita. That issue, the art is by Herb Trimpey. Now, let's just quickly hit something about John Romita. And I'm going to have to refer a little bit to my notes because I'm going to screw something up. Um, Ramita got his start in DC Romance and Atlas Comics. He went back to Marvel in 65 and he was doing the Kirby style by looking at a Kirby page. Now, Isaac, we talked about Kirby is, for some people, you weren't a huge fan, but Kirby was a genius of layouts. We've been told this many times. Remember the story of someone that we interviewed who watched Kirby do a page and yeah. do all the layouts in this beautiful. Well, I mean, I think I think well, Kevin Eastman used to talk about the fact that Kirby could take a blank piece of paper, start at the top corner, and go to the bottom corner, and actually fill it out as he goes and layout like like not you know most artists to give you context to that what he's saying is most artists would go in and rough out shapes for the whole thing and then refine mm-hmm. those shapes for the whole thing and then they build upon and build upon an overall layer. What he was suggesting is that Kirby would go in from top to bottom and place things like. The head goes here, the hand goes here, and all these parts just land, 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 and he could see it all in his head, and he's just carving it out of a block of stone, so to speak. And he was so good at these layouts that they would use his, well, obviously, artists coming in would use his work as the way to learn the method, the method. And he also method. was, it was break frame. I mean, it, regardless of, I mean, he has a unique style. I mean, people always you know, refer to the blocky hands, the outstretched yeah. hands, and and really, really stark, contrasty, clean delineations from the whites and blacks on the page the 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 thing that i find that stylistically not my cup of tea but at the same time you cannot take away from the fact that he takes a look and a style and how things looked in comics and then blows a lid off of it super dynamic so but but a very talented cinematographer obviously yeah well yeah it's all about that ramita gets this daredevil page and goes through it and then he starts Amazing Spider-Man after Ditko. Ooh. Big shoes to fill. But what Ramita was doing in that title is interesting because he was known for drawing very beautiful women. So Mary Jane Watson, her style, her clothes, her introduction, her general look, and sort of how she was 
famously attractive, if a comic character can be said to be attractive, that was John Romita. John Romita, I believe, also did the Black Widow leather outfit. That's beautiful single line. So he was, uh, not single line, silhouette, beautiful silhouette. He was good at drawing that, you know, that very stylistically late 60s look and very attractive characters. And he also had a very handsome Peter Parker. In fact, Stan Lee said, the problem is everybody's good looking. That was the problem with Ramita. But as Ramita uh, continued his career at Marvel, he became a fixer. So people would have a problem, he would fix it. He was ground down a little bit because he was also trying to do uh, Amazing Spider-Man and other assignment work, but he was cleaning up and fixing things and he became sort of an art director and he was involved in the early designs of Wolverine, sort of creating Wolverine along with Roy Thomas and Len Wein. And we know Dave Cockrum played a hand in that and Dave Cockrum had been over at DC and had done a character over there that looked very similar. And we talked about that when we talked about whatever we talked about, Swamp Thing, I guess. Uh, no, early X-Men, sorry, early X-Men. So anyway, as you come out in 1974 with this character Wolverine and he gets embedded into the Incredible Hulk for these three issues, hold him there in your mind. He then gets baked into the new X-Men and that's in 75. We have a couple of X-Men here. You have Giant Size, X-Men 6.5. Now, Isaac, we've talked about X-Men just very quickly. People who want to get their early Wolverines, there's there's your Cockrum yep. done by Gil Kane. That's, a, that's a key. That's a key word there. The Giant Size X-Men, you know, it's uh, between, you know, Raw Comics, $792, uh, highest known graded value of $15,000. Uh, average grade at 7.5 is about a $1,431 comic. Um, was, so, sorry, for somebody who doesn't know a ton about X-Men, he wasn't initially brought in as an X-Men. Is that correct then? He was, he was a character that was in the Hulk run as an enemy. Right. There was reference to his Canadian-ness and to this group, the Weapon X group. Okay. And then they embedded him into giant size X-Men because they were doing the same thing. They're expanding. Here we had this Canadian character. Let's bring him back in and put him in this expansion structure, Len again, and Roy Thomas again. So, so embed him in here. And then, then because he was such a popular character, they carried him on in X-Men. And is it- I Well, mean, like, funny enough, he wasn't popular at first. Really? Correct. Fascinating. Okay. I don't think that he was supposed to last. In fact, the story goes that Claremont wasn't keen and was going to yank him <laughs> but I don't think, what was the first one? I don't think I have it here. Look up X-Men 116. 116, here we are. I've got the cover up on the screen. Uh, it's a very intense cover, burning at the stake. Yeah, X-Men 116, you have Wolverine kill someone for the first time. Whoa, that's comics. exciting. Comic Code Authority, let that pass. Then we have Wolverine 120. Okay, we're going to pop up 120 here. And this is an interesting cover as well. I like this cover. We talked about this cover. When John we Byrne. Did. Yeah, that's an exciting cover. Uh, he didn't do, I don't believe John Byrne did the cover, but John Byrne is is doing this series then. He is so, the so we're, we're are we in the Claremont years here? Yes, we are. Okay, and, and you're saying that Claremont doesn't like Wolverine. Well, he, he wasn't as interested in Wolverine, but John Byrne is Canadian. John Byrne, I believe, is from Calgary. John Byrne comes in, and he immediately likes Wolverine. And as you can see, he has some input, or seems to have some input, in this character. And he begins to develop Wolverine. So that's the Weapon X past. Okay. Now we can cut to 133. Shoot down, Nick. And there is one of my favorite Wolverine covers. And that is John Byrne, inked by Terry Austin. And that is an absolutely spectacular, in my in my life, that's from 80, I was 15, so it probably came out 80, 81. Um, when this came out, I was so, this, so this was mine. This was all for me. Here we have this character. We have Wolverine alone. We have a Wolverine focus. John Byrne loves Wolverine. I love the way he draws Wolverine. It just feels so great. You have a classic Wolverine trope, which is aimless, nameless, faceless characters who are bad guys who are just getting chewed apart. Of course, they don't have the chew apart on the cover, but very exciting. 133, what would that cost me? 
Uh, raw value about 40 bucks, typical grade of 9.6. It's actually typically graded pretty high at a $94 uh, comic and the highest known value is about $530 roughly speaking. So I would love a 9.8 of this. I would like to put this up. I would love to have a slabbed. Mm -hmm. I love that cover. This was a very important title. This, this specific one in front of you is loved and this is something that you had I, as a kid. Yeah. I read it. I read it. I read it. It's been read so heavily. When I got it, it was in beautiful shape, and it's been just read and loved all the pieces. Well, that makes it more special. To be honest, I like that better. So let's just jump very quickly now to two more, three more, I guess, in the Wolverine run. I only asked you to look up two of them, but I want to just make... Here's Wendy Go Back. There's a beautiful burn cover. Wolverine in the Fang costume, the brown costume. It's not the Fang, but the brown the brown costume. So at this point, is he gaining popularity or is it just the fact he's, that he's... He's super popular right now by 140. And then when you look at the one, the two I asked you to look at, the one-two punch of 141 and 142. 141 is such a great cover. Two absolutely critical comic books in comic book history. Um, this is obviously classic. This issue, everybody dies. This is pure John Byrne. This is pure Chris Claremont, pure Wolverine. This goes into the future. Have you ever seen an X-Men movie where they go into the future? Uh, I don't know if I've seen them all, but I've seen most well, of them. This is a very important pair of comics. Um, if you're a Kitty Pride guy, if you're a Wolverine guy, if you're an X-Men guy. And by the way, I said guy. I'm a guy, so I said guy. But I think women were collecting X-Men. Why wouldn't they? Got Sentinels, beautiful covers. Some time travel. This is a must-have. What is this going to set me back if I want? Uh, raw comic is ninety-two bucks. Average is two seventy-six, and the top end is eight fifty. So it's uh, it's a you know it's in there for as important of a comic as it is. It's not too bad. So by this time, I, I need to upgrade mine because mine are red again. Mine are well loved. Mm -hmm. All my X Men are well loved up to a certain point when I suddenly panicked and thought I can't keep looking at these so many times. Um, I used to, when I was in university, I would take pictures of them. I would lay them all out and take photos of them. With like a 35mm camera. With like a, yeah, we'd like I would burn 35mm film taking pictures of my X-Men comics. We gotta find those photos. I do, I do not. I was so into Wolverine by then. It was just so important. So Wolverine. This, this is getting into that whole like, I mean, there's... There's so many examples of this in different kind of pop culture uh, franchises where the most complex, the most, uh, what am I trying to say? Not comp not just complex, but the person who's got the most baggage, or the character who's got the most baggage, isn't that character? That's a really good point. Be yeah, yeah, they become the most interesting character. I mean, I'm using obviously some of the stuff that I love the most is the most interesting characters are usually the ones that have the most conflict. There's There it is. There's the word I was looking for. Conflict. Okay, you can't have more baggage than a comic book character, but Wolverine's baggage was particularly interesting. But it was more than that. It was the the way Byrne did Wolverine was exciting. The way Chris Claremont wrote Wolverine was exciting. But Wolverine sort of, like we liked Conan for the reason, he was smashing through things that would be obstacles. Yeah. And as a, a reader of comic books, you're used to these codes that are so frustrating. Yeah. Like Superman's moral code is annoying. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's my, that's my point. Is I mean, I'm, I'm, I may be reducing it down to, to too small of a, an idea, but it's basically, yeah, those that are conf are pushing the edge of mor morality yeah. are, are more interesting characters, thus have a longer legacy like this. Now, I'm, I'm actually interested in looking at if you compare why does Wolverine have such a staying power, but say Punisher doesn't. Does Punisher push him, push those, those elements too far? Because I would argue that Wolverine is far more popular than a Punisher character. 100%. We're going to talk about Punisher later. Another issue. Another episode. I'm pretty sure we again. actually have some issue Punisher episode. issues in here. Uh, I think what, what I'm going to say through the thesis here is that what made Wolverine super popular was the combination. Wolverine character mm -hmm. created in an interesting way. Beautiful backstory, right? Interesting, tragic backstory. But also, every time somebody else got hold of Wolverine, it added something. And this is the thing about Wolverine. It's sort of like what we'll talk about with Batman. Yep. Everybody's version yep. adds layers and elements that really make that character more exciting. Top down, Nick. This is a classic. Frank Miller. Frank Miller. So Frank Miller, as we know, uh, so important. 
to Batman, Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Was so important in Daredevil City, and Elektra. Yeah. Did this with uh, Chris Claremont. This is a, I always think of this image. Um, this always reminds me of that comic book store we go to often when we're shooting in, in Hollywood. Or it's up in Burbank, isn't it? The one that's up over the hill. And it, this, mur- this is muraled on the wall as you walk up towards the front door. Are you, you know, talking about House of Secrets? No, it's is it Earth Two. Oh, Earth Two. That's right. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah. It was actually really well, rather well done. That's where I always think of this this cover. So this came out, I think, in uh, 80? Uh, 82. One? 82. 82. September first, eighty two. For me, this was yeah eighty two. For me, this was a great series. Obviously, I bought two. I love the covers. I love what it's listed on here, as it says. Key comic. Comics that have key characters appearance, a low print run, and or have been proven to always be in demand. Is what makes this one key comic? So you, look, I have look how many I have. I have too many of this one. You have a lot too of too many of this one. You, Sorry. You, can, you can share one of those with uh, to Hey, now be careful what you're saying. <laughs> look at look how sad he is, Isaac. He's a Come on. sad man. He's very sad. And then there he's not sad. He's cool. Nice. He's happy. So what is this ad? A lot of backstory. A lot of cool Japanese stuff, some ninja stuff. You've got um, the line that becomes sort of Wolverine's line. I'm the best sir is at what I do. You know, that whole Wolverine ethos. Right. If you haven't read those, they're a great read. They feel very Frank Millery. They feel very Chris Claremonty. They feel like they add beautiful layers. You see Wolverine's romantic side, which... Normally, I don't talk about content in a way that the story... um, Sometimes, you know, people, when they refer to the story, it's still, you know, in them, right? Like, there's something that's touching. At the time, I found it powerful, but I don't look at the romantic side of Wolverine as being a a giant value add over time. For me, what I like, though, is that they could do that. That there always is a way that you can attach something and... For me, the Wolverine stuff that I like best is usually the darkest stuff or the most tragic stuff and the romantic side where they try and um, make him more, I don't know, about his feelings and make him more human, empathic and human. I like that less than I like the more blown out ridiculous stuff, which is when I started to realize that I like Wolverine in in people's versions. So I'm going to just hit some quick stuff here. Like what started to happen, Nick, just let's go real quick here. What started to happen is they wanted to put Wolverine or Wolverine stuff everywhere. And so you started seeing like everybody had a Wolverine. The cowl's getting a little high, isn't it? What's that? The cowl is getting a little high there, isn't it? Well, it just, that's what I'm saying. You you were able to do, and, and give me the overhead again, Nick. You were able to do anything. There's a look back. You were able to do anything with Wolverine. Play around with him and such lots a, of different looks. He's also such a primal use of that weapon or that key feature. It's it's very primal, and it 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 I yeah. it's sort of he's got that that design gimmick for a lot of lack of a better term of of the X Men. I can sort of I can pinpoint pinpoint and focus on him a lot easier than some of the more nondescript characters, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, by the way, I showed you stuff from all the different years, but what I just wanted to say is that's where I my interest in Wolverine started to be, what is so-and-so going to do with Wolverine or how would so-and-so play with Wolverine? And I know, Isaac, when we were t- talking about this episode, you said you don't know a lot about Wolverine and you're not a, a big reader of the franchise, but you know this feeling is that the put a different artist or a different writer on a beloved character, like you know that about Turtles from our doc stuff, and you get a lot of really cool... Well, I think we were talking about that when we were talking to Rob about Batman in general, is that it seems that the characters that have the long... And it just also is born out of the fact that if you want to prolong the life of a specific franchise or character, yeah, you got to kind of keep reinventing it. But I think that there's an internal... If you reverse it, you go, those that can be reinvented so well... From, from creator to creator or artist to artist, um, they they seem to stand the test of time better because they have that, for whatever reason, that magic sauce that allows them mm. to be reinvented like a Batman or in this case, like a Wolverine. So as we move forward, what I want to hit are some of the sort of high points of 
different artists or writers grabbing onto it. Normally writers, because that's kind of the thing that you and I have hit on over the years. So here's one, Nikki. I love this cover. The Incredible Hulk 340, Todd McFarlane. Ooh, that's a big Farland cover. Yeah, no. now I'm not a huge fan of the face of Wolverine. Well, it's, but a, it's a neat idea, especially with the reflection of the blades. It's yeah. a very beloved cover. It is uh, when you see it in the store. When you're, n I'm not a Hulk collector at the time. Of course, I'm buying it. I'm, it's Wolverine, but also it's really smart. Yeah, it's between 100 and 800 bucks. It's 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 a it's obviously well collected, but it's it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, now that I look closely, of course, that makes sense when you bring up. Um, the face. I love McFarlane had such an amazing way of putting in all the teeth and all <laughs> the, big, the big giant snarls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, McFarlane has said in interviews that I've heard, and I wish we had interviewed him that day when it didn't pan out. Yep. Um, he has a way of doing things that may not be the most anatomically correct, but he's always going for impact and effect. He's pushing the boundaries, man. And that's what I do. That's comics, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. That's what makes it good. And if you can push it boundaries well and land on it and it doesn't look goofy, man, does it ever work. So you know one of our favorite artists is John Buscema. Yeah. What if he got his hands on Wolverine? What does he look like? So what you get is this Wolverine run. Now, Buscema does 1 to 14. And some of the covers are very Conan-like. Yeah, you can see it. Buscema's faces, Buscema's designs. Mm -hmm. This is a classic. Look up Wolverine 8, if you would. Wolverine 8. This is a character called Patch, a Wolverine a jump nom de plume, a character he plays. Can you get Wolverine oh, 8 it's up or is it not minute, popping? It's being super slow. Okay, we're having super slow. This is one of the most collectible ones out of the run for the cover. So it's right up there with the McFarlane Hulk cover, 340. We'll keep going because you know what's coming up. Number 10. Here we go. It's nice. Sorry, we're uh, back to... So do you want me to go back to 8? Yeah, back to 8. Yeah, we're between uh, typical... Raw comic sales, about a $30 comic, uh, graded, uh, typical, graded 9.8 is 129 but yeah. it's only high, highest known sale is 130 or 230 bucks. Mine is super loved. Yeah. It's a pretty fun cover. It's a fun cover. And look at 10, if you would. Uh, 9, 10, two over, sorry. Bear with me. We got Sabretooth and Wolverine, and it's a very gnarly fun cover. Who's doing that cover? I think it's Senkovich. Is it? I believe so. It's pretty rad. That's uh, about uh, between thirty and a hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty at the top end. Let me just see. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look. I don't trust myself with that cover. We'll have to look that up. We'll have to do some work on that, some research on that cover because I don't trust myself. Uh, I can't read the the. There's a there's a signature beside his head. I yeah. can't see it close enough on the screen. But this, it's 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 got a Senkovich look, doesn't it? It does, but it doesn't look like Senkovich's cover. Uh, and look at this cover. Oh, there's a classic. Jim I Lee. Have, I do have that one, don't I? There we go. Yeah, issue number 27. That's Jim Lee for sure, yeah. And uh, that's, um, that's between $10 and, uh, say, 200 at the top end. Not it's a very... Important cover as well. It becomes a model for many other covers. But look at this. This is from recently. Jim Lee. When they brought Wolverine back a few months ago. So now when you get, you know, you have this, you had to go and get this. It's Jim Lee. And if you remember, Jim Lee. Ghost so Island. you have a lot of Jim Lee Wolverines. If you poke around, you got to get them. We got the Busemas. We got the Jim Lees. Who's doing Weapon X? <laughs> well, here's where we go and touch our Conan feelings again. Let's pull these out. All right, Nick, hit me. So. It's a creepy B-W-S. Barry Windsor Smith. Now, 72 is an awesome cover, and it's a must-have. What is it, Isaac? 
It's like, it's, uh, it's 1991. I didn't know that he was still yep. in the scene. Marvel Comics presents. You can get this for seven bucks. Uh, and you should. Yeah, top end, 200 bucks. Yeah, you should. Uh, Barry but if Smith. you get this one, just give me the overhead, Nick. Then you start getting into what Barry Windsor Smith's take on Wolverine. And the Weapon X story is so important to Wolverine. It's, oh my God, look at that one. Yeah. It's the conversion of Wolverine from mutant man into these are not expensive mutant monster. No, they're easy, cheap to get. That's an uh, that's an awesome cover, and this is stuff that becomes embedded into the movie. You can get these. They're not much more than cover, are they? No, they're like between two, three, five hundred, five bucks, depending on the quality. Yeah. So you go right up to eighty four. 72, do you remember that beautiful cover, to 84 is that run. And I could get this run for very little money, yeah. and I would have critical Logan, Wolverine, Weapon X action, stuff that gets embedded into the movies that's embedded in the character and becomes core to the character and is beautifully done by Barry Windsor Smith. Gorgeous. That 79 is incredible. What a bizarre cover. You right? like 79? Yeah. It's really, really, it's over the top. It's awesome. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, uh, it's grim. It's dark. Some people yeah. maybe don't like that. But I remember very well when this one came out. Sam Keith. That's crazy. September 1st, 1991. And it's, Yeah. Talk about it also attainable between two and 50 bucks. It's cheap, yeah. but look how crazy it is. Look how abstracted the character is. It's very abstracted. And it's got, to me, it has a bit of a feel of, that you're going to say it's not Bernie Wrightson, but I feel like no, a little, I, I was, you feel I was, it? No, I, was, I wasn't going to say Bernie Wrightson, not at all. No, I was going to go Bisley. Look at the muscles on that. Oh one. yeah, Bisley body shape, but, yeah. but it, it has a feel of Bernie Wrightson to me. Maybe I get I get what you're saying with like the the, the contrast and, and weirdness and, and yeah I mean it's, but you're really pushing the contrast in all of yeah. that uh, in the in the the shadow also in his arm and body hair. It's also it it's obviously at that time when they're starting to get a bit more expressionistic right in the '90s and things are they're pushing everything in that funny way. I mean, Keith's Wolverines I really like, and they're weird. They didn't sort of fit. Um, well, he's, they're they're a. He's on mushrooms because he's above mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's fighting the mushrooms. But what this basically takes us to is sort of like modern Wolverine. You know, you can go get the old man Logan stuff. You can get the Mark Millar stuff or Mark Miller, however people say him. You can get the modern stuff. You can go get this. I love this. Give me this uh, overhead there, Nick, if you would. Wolverine Max. Jock is one of my favorites. This is from what, 2012, 2012, 13? Yeah, 12. Wow, that was a nice shot of your bald spot. Oh, did you get a good shot yeah, of my bald yeah, spot? Yeah, if you lean in, it's really, it was sorry. disturbing. Whoa, whoa, watch out. You shouldn't see that. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, Sorry guys. about that. <laughs> we'll cut, maybe we'll cut around that. But Jock's Wolverine is pretty sweet. Nick, I gave you a Jock's Wolverine. Could you pull that up? Look at that. Oh, wow. That's one of my favorites. That's pretty cool. So Jock's a Scottish artist who's done some beautiful Batman stuff. I want to buy some of his Wolverine. I love that piece. Yeah. That's very Japanese. Yeah. I loved it. And these are cheap. Did you look this one up? No, I didn't get those. It's peanuts. Ones. Cover yeah. price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cover price. Cover price, bro. Cover price. C-O-V-R. C-O-V-R um, price. I want to pull up some others. Okay. You're on a roll here. So a couple of years ago. Ah, that's cute. Return of Wolverine. Scotty Young. It's jokey, right? Silly, goofy. It's bloody too. Then you have sort of the series. I didn't get all the series, but I just wanted to go down to this. Remember What If? No. Nope. There's some good What Ifs. What If Wolverine Killed the Hulk? Where's the what if uh, where he fights Conan? Well, you, of course find. you'd have that. Why wouldn't you have that? I do have it. I just uh, set it aside. Well, I set it aside 
And I lost my train of thought. Here. There we go. And there's another what if. So why do I bring up this again, this feel of different artists? Well, you can kind of go anywhere, like we were saying with this character. That's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. And again, putting Conan and, and some and, modern. Yeah, that's cool. Putting like, Conan and Wolverine head to head. That's smart. It's fun, yeah. and it fits our little thesis. Who too, wins? Who wins? Well, I can't talk about that. Oh, okay. Who Conan do you think wins? Well, Conan's not. He doesn't have regenerative powers. I don't think. Just, I don't think Conan can beat Wolverine, but they're not going to let it happen. He's just awesome. I want to hit a couple more. So Wolverine came back recently. Nick, can you guess who that is, Isaac? Not from that size of image, no. Alex Ross. Okay, yep, yeah, that makes sense. I can't, I, for people at home, I'm across the room looking at a nine-inch monitor, so I can't see that. Have you ever heard the band Nine Inch Monitor? Oh, they're so awesome. There's so much, you know, tech synth wave, you know, nine-inch monitor. I got it. This is basically cover price right now. You go into a comic store and buy this probably, I would think. You could buy it online for nothing. And it's a nice cover to put up. And so this reboot that's out right now, these are, again, people approach Wolverine. They hit the classic parts. Now things are well-defined. You can do so many things with Wolverine. You can go back and look at the list of crazy wolverines over the years and just choose your artist and see if that artist has done something with wolverine i'm sure they have do you think david mack has done david mack the painter I'm sure who does he is. bright nick let's see do you have a david mack look at that wow so look at the colors those aren't the colors you see in the wolverine spectrum okay here you go rand what about a female artist any female artists on wolverine who have you got i don't know <laughs> go for it do you have a deodato there nick did you set that up? Again, abstracted, squat, weird. Crazy blades. It gives you a lot. Yeah, it's it's perfect for making it over the top. What else did I give you there, Nick? You had something else I can't remember even now. Oh, yeah. There's Greg Capullo with the face. God, I love that face. That's a good idea. That's from a sketch. Mm -hmm. This is just internet polls. Like, I don't have any of these, of course. And that's probably the end of them, isn't it, Nick, mm -hmm. of the little samples I pulled out? I think we've made a point. There's some key issues in this one. We didn't even go into them in detail because we can't. I wanted to show so many things. I wanted to talk about all the things. Like we have stuff that's worth nothing, stuff that's worth lots, and we have so many things we didn't talk about. Right now, somebody's favorite Wolverine thing wasn't mentioned. We can't catch them all. I, d <laughs> I just grabbed some that I like, but what I wanted to drill into and what we're talking about as a collector is... Finding the artist, maybe the writer, but focusing on that artist right now that you like, that gives you the feel that you like, that has the cover that you like. You put it up as a piece of art. It's a character that has a lot of attributes that really um, exaggerate nicely. No, we should do. We should do an episode sometime where we're talking about how people display comics and the you know nice ways. We're always discussing this. What's the best way to get it up on your wall? I'm just thinking. We should go down that road someday. I don't have a good setup. I really don't. It's hard. It's a tough one to do. It is frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of things that I would like to see up. Like, obviously, I have a lot of Wolverine. Like, mm -hmm. But you have a lot of everything else, too. I have a lot of stuff. It's bad. But I have a lot of Wolverine comics, and I like the covers, and I want to see them up. Yeah. And I don't have places to put them. You just need a bigger them. house. Hmm? You just need a bigger house. <laughs> or more of the house. This is kind of a non-starter to say to your wife, dear, we need a bigger house so I can display more comics. It's a non-starter. What would be a Wolverine of all... It would start something, maybe. <laughs> What's that? It would start something, maybe. Yeah, it would not be a good setup. Of all the Wolverines that we saw in this, and remember, you're not a collector. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, I need, you need to be a reminder. Remember, mm. you're not a Wolverine collector. Which is the one? For me? Which Wolverine looked like the Wolverine to you? Because I've picked the one I think you're going to say. Really? Yeah. Huh. Now I'm curious what that one is. I. It's hard to say. I mean, I I, I was actually kind of blown away by some of the Barry Winter Smith stuff. Uh, but then oh, I'm beautiful. But I'm partial to some of the of the things that 
come out of the the sort of the later stuff, the '90s. So so that's why I picked up on that. Oh. But uh, but then. Wow, there's some classic stuff back in the early part. Now I'm curious, which one did you say? I I can't remember them all to be honest. I, can't I thought you were you gonna say number. Frank Miller. That's what I pulled up on my screen. Really? No, I wouldn't have. See, that's not my favorite one. I actually find the the first Frank Miller one, the one with the the the. That's kind of awkward. I find it awkward. As a, as that a, one? Yeah, not the not column? from a content perspective, just from the pose. I just find it's kind of flat and funny. I don't know. Not no not bagging on Frank. I get Miller, what you're saying. Yeah, there's something um, odd we, about that one. We didn't pull issues open, but if we pulled open the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X stuff, yeah. it's jaw dropping. You know which actually one I, I like the, and now I'm going to say I, this is the problem is I can't remember the exact number and name of the series. No, no, just, just the one randomly. with the the one with the the spotlight on them. I just like that the interesting abstract storytelling in that one, and of course just the style of the character is really awesome. It's got the spotlight the on spotlight, them. And, and everybody's dead. It's the future when they go in the future. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The X Men comic. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's pretty awesome. That's I like that a lot. And that era in there. But then it was also when you were flipping through that that stack of stuff that was kind of through. Yeah, just a random the, bunch. The, the, like, the, the random storm. When he goes in that brown suit mode. Yeah. And you start really pushing the big cows and stuff, and yeah. kind of get, that's fun too. I really like that stuff. Yeah. Well, what what we are really talking about is a character that they squeezed all the juice out that they could, and then squeeze more. Yep, and then they added Hugh Jackman and stirred that sauce up a bit. Did you like those movies? I loved the Logan movie. That just as a standalone film on its own. Wow. I've Pretty only seen it once. Stuff. Yeah. I've only seen it once. Yeah. I found it very emotional. Yeah, it, it's, I'll be honest, it's not necessarily a movie I'm going to go back to from that exact problem, the emotional trip that it is. I'm probably mm. not going to go back to it right away. But but as an experience, man, it was it was well done. And, and, and what a... I, it's one of those scenarios where I almost want them to say, and there's our final statement, right? No, don't I do don't. any more. <laughs> I don't, because my favorite part of that movie was that kid. Yeah. Yeah, well acted. Really she well acted. was amazing. I've never liked a kid as much in a movie ever. And I generally don't enjoy movies with kids. It's hard. It's a t- Don't put kids and dogs in movies unless you want a really hard time. Well, do you know, that was my problem with Terminator 2. Yeah, Terminator 1's the best of the franchise. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I I love Terminator Two for a lot of reasons, but it's great. As a kid, I was always the same. It was like, no, Arnold as is is the bad Terminator out of the gate. That's the way it should be, and that's the way it just needed to stay. And it's perfect encapsulation of there's the loop, there it is, move on. But I mean, well, Jim we're, Cameron we're very, off track. The point yeah. I guess I was making is, you can even Wolverine a girl of what eleven, and it's compelling. Like that character, that those. Whatever yeah, those right. attributes are, you called the secret sauce. Whatever that sauce is, yeah. you apply it to a little girl character, yeah. and it's awesome. Well, this is just it. It goes back to the the, the complex, uh, complicated, uh, yes. conflicted character that has has that kind of baggage, for lack of a better term. The darkness inside. The darkness inside, and and they let it out, and it is Conan. It's Punisher. It's antiheroes that we love, and for whatever reason, it's never gone away. That's what people. They want to look at the darkness because they can't look at it in themselves, so they have to look at it somewhere else. So why do you think it's so personal for me? You know me. You work with me for 10 years. <laughs> You're a dark individual. <laughs> it's true. It's actually, I can, I, but I see it. I see, it's that I wouldn't, I'm not going to apply what I just said about you not wanting to look within yourself because you, you, no, I'm you, happy to you look are happy it. to go there, but you go there and recognize the darkness, which is within all of us, but most people, I think, need to look somewhere else because they don't. They do not want to look at their own reflection. I, I think what it is for me, if I go back to being a child, being being a child, being being mm. being a child, and like, of course, everybody loves Spider Man. Spider Man was one of the first, and Batman, and you know the classics. But when you read Wolverine, that rage that a kid feels, the helplessness and the powerlessness yep. that you feel over your life. And the conditions that are always being imposed on you by, you know, adults and the world around you. And Wolverine just tore it apart. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. So excited. There's an unbridled, uh, yeah, expression of that anger and frustration that he can just- Pure. Pure. And and absolutely. And actually, the the truth is, had I found- it's, it all comes back to the fact that you and I grew up in Clinton. So had I been able to find Wolverine at the age that oh, I was that impressionable, couldn't. then I would have totally been a fan. It's just, I just- didn't stumble upon it. I, it was impossible for me to get. Like, I don't think popular things got to our town, honestly. No, 
No, not really. My, no. But then again, when I grew up, it wasn't this prime time of this stuff. My, But much like that, I wanted to go to that those comics that were darker, and I hope that we can go there someday with some of the... My big one, uh, it, when I was this age, the, the age you're talking about growing up with this, uh, was Aliens versus Predator. That was a big one for me, the Dark Horse run, the first one. I oh, went really? down to Becker's every time That's and got that one. Yeah, it's a good one. That's pretty gnarly for a kid, too. Oh, yeah. No, I I yeah. loved that stuff. Terminator. I, I really wanted to get Terminator comics. And when I'd find back issues, like we go to London or something, and I'd find back issues somewhere, and I would just grab a bunch. And they were like, I found them disturbing. Like there London, was, England. Yeah, London, England. As a child. London, yeah. <laughs> right. So down to the local city, the closest city that we had. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there was there was stuff in some of those that were like, ooh, this is this is a bit much for kids. And that's why I liked Wolverine. Yeah, it is it yeah. it's that uncomfortable feeling. And and going there is kind of fun. Oh, it's delicious. Mm. So in short, if you're gonna go out and get Wolverine, you can't buy 181 unless you want to spend too much money, or you had to buy it 10 years ago or whatever, right. whenever I bought it. Um, and you had to probably spend too much then, if I think about it. But I will say we're talking about spending a lot of money on on old paper comic books that's yeah, it's bad it's a lot of <laughs> it's bad <laughs> layers here it's a bad thing we shouldn't even do a show about it we probably shouldn't bad. be encouraging anybody bad. to spend money on comic books. we're bad people <laughs> we are very bad but we love it but it's art um i would say we just showed you there's a whole bunch of modern things you could pick up for cheap and you can put them up and they look great and yep. the stories are fun and the characters complex and he's interesting and yes he's a stereotype for like marvel's last however many years and all the juice you think has been squeezed out, but there's always room for more Wolverine. So you should go get yours. I'm Randall Lobb. This is Key Issue, the definitive podcast. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Hand gestures on the way out? Go Canada. <laughs> <laughs>